Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. If you want to be part of the PC Got Talent, you got to come see me after service. Sign up, send me a text, say what you want to do, amen, and we'll, we'll make room for you, amen. Uh, I know that someone's, uh, someone wants to do a skit, amen, but if you want to sing, maybe five-minute preaching, do a five-minute preaching, amen, do that, amen, a poem that you may have wrote, amen, or something that you want to do here, so please come see me, amen. Don't just show up thinking you're going to be on. You got to come see me. You got to sign up with me. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. People are getting warm already. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. But I'm going to, I'm going to finish off. Amen. The second part. Amen. Of a series. Amen. This two part series. I started two weeks ago on let God be God. Say that with me. Let God be God. Tell yourself that. Let God be God. Amen. Come on. We, we, we got to let God be God. Amen. Tell your neighbor, you ain't God. <laughs> Come on. You, you ain't God. Amen. Come on. Sometimes we, we, sometimes we want to be God. Why? Because you start doing things your way. And when you start doing your way, your things, then you're trying to be God, but you're not God. Only God is God. So let God be God. Can somebody say amen? So we're looking at the sovereignty of God. Amen. The definition of sovereignty is this. Let me remind you, supreme power, controlling influence. The fact that God is sovereign essentially means that he has all power, all wisdom, all authority to do anything he chooses to do within his creation. He can do whatever he wants in you and to you because <laughs> he's God. Come on, somebody say amen. He's God, amen? We have to understand that God is in control, and we have to let God be God. And if we are going to lean upon the God's sovereignty, and we can lean upon that and know that he is all-powerful, that he is almighty in everything, has all the wisdom, then we, say I, we can get deeply rooted. we got to lean on his sovereignty, guys, not on your own. Let God be God. I want you to turn to Jeremiah 17. As I'm reading this, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Good to see my brother back there. Sub Xavier. Hallelujah. Praise him. I'm putting him on blast. Hallelujah. But we love him and we miss him. Amen. Come on. Uh, Jeremiah 17, verse 7 and 8 say this. Says this. Amen. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord. How many trust in God? Come on. Somebody say me. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and who have made their Lord their hope and their confidence. Somebody say hope. Somebody say confidence. Come on. Make their Lord their hope and confidence. They're like trees planted along the riverbank with roots. Somebody say roots. 
roots that grow deep or reach deep into the water, such trees or trees or such Christians, uh, such believers uh, are not bothered by the heat or the storms or the battles or the trials. Somebody say, oh my, or worried about the long months of drought. Their leaves, say my leaves, their leaves stay green and never stop producing fruit. Listen, when you never stop producing fruit, that means that you keep coming. Come on, you keep giving. You keep serving. You keep growing. Come on, somebody. These are things that never stop. If we're leaning upon God and we're trusting him and we made him Lord, he's Lord of our hope and confidence, and we are going to continue to grow. Psalms 92.13 says this, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. How many know that God knows everything? Everything. There's nothing that you can keep secret from God. He knows your everything. He knows everything. <laughs> he knows what you do at night when no one's looking. He knows everything. He knows your thoughts. Not only does he know your actions, but he knows what you're thinking. Come on, some of you guys got to erase that stinking thinking, hallelujah. Come on, he knows everything within us. He knows something that you're going to say before you even say it. God knows everything. He's everywhere. Come on, he's not just at my house, amen. He's at your house. He's at everyone's house. He is everywhere because he's all-powerful, and he never, never changes. The Bible declares that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Come on. And today we're going to continue the message I started a couple of weeks ago on let God be God. Last time I talked about our plans, that our plans are limited. Why? Because God is in control. He is in control. Amen. You may try to control your life. Amen. You may even do whatever you want to do and be whatever you want to be because God gives you and I free will. But listen. Tell your neighbor, listen, you're not free to choose the consequences of your choices. Why? Because God is in control. Come on. He is in control. In other words, you are going to reap what you sow. Come on. You, 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 can't, just, you can't just think, uh, well, I, I'm saved. Uh, God loves me, and you, I can do a little something over here, amen, and, and, and he's going to forgive me right away. And though, though he will forgive you, but you can't reap, uh, you, you can't, you, you're going to reap those consequences of your choices. Come on. If you touch fire, you're going to get what? You're going to get burned. Hallelujah. You can't just go, oh, I'm a, I'm a Christian. <laughs> Look at this. No, no, no. You're going to get burned. Amen. So you're going to reap what you sow. And today I want to look at my problems. Say my problems. And somebody say my prayers. We're going to look at those two areas, my problems, my prayers. Amen. First, let's look at my problems. Anyone have problems? Come on. Somebody raise your hand. Amen. If you've got problems, amen. Because let me tell you, if you don't raise your hand, you're a liar. <laughs> and your pants are on fire. Hallelujah. 
Come on, we, we all have problems, or you're going to have problems. We all have problems. We live in a broken world because guess what? We're going to go through some problems. If you're not in a problem right now, guess what? Maybe tomorrow your problem's coming. But we are all deal with problems. This is no such thing as a trouble or a problem-free world, even for the Christian. Amen? Listen, my problems... Your problems, listen, have a purpose. Why? Because God is in control. Let God be God. First Peter chapter 1, 6-7 says this, Even though you must endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. And it's be, it is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith... Say, my faith, your faith is far more precious than gold. The Message Bible puts it like this. Even though you have to put up every kind of aggravation in the meanwhile, pure gold put in the fire comes out to be proven pure. Genuine faith put through his suffering comes out proven genuine. When Jesus wraps all this up, it is your faith, not your gold. What Peter is saying here, that life is not a series of random events that have no meaning. Now, I'm not saying that everything is God's will either. Let me clear that up. Amen. He doesn't cause everything. Come on. He, he, he doesn't cause someone to sin. Come on, somebody. He doesn't even cause uh, all the problems that you deal with. Amen. Uh, come on. We do a good job all that by ourselves. Can somebody say amen? Come on. He also, there's other people involved in all this. Amen. And they bring enough problems on us. Can somebody say amen? And don't look at him right now. All believers face trials, and they'll start to face trials. Listen, anytime you start to light for Jesus and you be a, a shining your light in this darkness, guess what? Problems are going to come your way. Amen. Also, we must accept trials as part of the refining process that burns away the impurities that all of us have. Come on, somebody. And prepares us to get more rooted in Christ. That's why I said things are being uprooted. Why? Because God's cleaning house. Amen. Come on. He's removing the funk within us. Amen. And so there are some things, amen, that, that need to be removed before God can bring anything our way that is good. Amen. The bad has to go out and the good will come, church. So some of those things, he's going to bring some fire, not to not to punish you, not to, 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 to belittle you, but to refine you and make you better. Can somebody say amen? Come on, somebody say, burn away, God. Oh, yeah, here it comes. <laughs> Ooh, Monday morning. I'm going through the fire, Pastor. You said burn it away. <laughs> but it has to burn. Come on, there are things within us that you don't even know you have still. Some of you guys are still walking around with attitudes. Uh, some of you think you got everything in control. Some of you think I don't, I don't deal with that anymore. I don't deal with this anymore. And also when you're going through the fire, let me tell you, those impurities start to surface up and boom, there it is. Boom, there she goes. There it is. There he is. Oh, I thought that old man was gone. Nope, it's my back. Hallelujah. <laughs> Halloween ends. 
It's beginning, church. There are things inside of us that we need to be get removed. Come on. And fire, listen, fire purifies that. God brings us to a fire to fix us, not to punish us, but to refine us. Come on. Come on. We are refined by Jesus Christ, amen, by the fire of the Holy Spirit. And so we need to burn some funk. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Come on, there's funk, amen. We got to get rid of this. Come on. And then as they start to burn away, then it prepares us to root ourselves deeper. We can't root in funk. You can't root in bad. You can't root in wrong. You, you can't root in that. You got to root in Christ. And so as you root out, the other stuff comes up. The deeper you go, the more comes out, the more is exposed because you want to go deeper in Christ. It says, if you want to go deeper, son, if you want to go deeper, daughter, then I'm going to have to remove some of this stuff. And they'll start to prune those branches and cut those things that you can grow and that you can produce fruit. Can somebody say amen? amen. What I'm saying is that God allows, he permits problems. Why? Because God is in control. Let God be God. God uses your problem for a greater purpose. He used my problems. He used my hangups. He used this knucklehead to help other knuckleheads in this place. I went through the season I went through, come on, to benefit the things for God, amen. And so I'm here to help the knuckleheads of this house, and those are going to be coming in. There's more knuckleheads walking in, church. I was a knucklehead. I, I'm still working on this knucklehead. We're still a work in progress. Progress. <laughs> Hallelujah. Any water. No one. Somebody say no one. No one's arrived. There's always imperfections inside of us. God, help me. Help me to be better. How many can be better every day? Come on, I've been a ride out. I don't know it all. There's still stuff in me. All of us. Come on, we, we don't arrive to when, when to we hear the words, well done. <laughs> Come on. Come on, then that, 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 that's to that day, amen. But till now, there's some stuff that needs to get cleaned up from us. And we get better and better. And he uses these things to help us, to help us in our present and to help those in our future. Can somebody say amen? You see, God is a pro at turning bad things into good things. He's an expert of taking problems and bringing a greater purpose out of them. Romans chapter 8, 28 says this, and we know that all things, somebody say all things, work together for the good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. The message Bible puts it like this. He knows us far better than we know ourselves. He knows our pregnant condition. Come on, somebody. And he keeps us present before God. That is why we can be sure that every detail of our lives for the love of God is worked out into something good. Amen. The bad that's in your life, God can turn it to the good. Come on, you just got to trust the process. Amen. So let's look at some examples in God's word. Amen. See, God could have kept Paul out of prison in Philippi. Amen. But he allowed him to go to prison. And as a result, the jailer gets saved and his whole entire family gets saved. So it looked bad, but then God turned it to the good. Why? Because God is in control. Let God 
be God. Amen. God could have had Pharaoh say, you know what, Moses, I'm not going to let your people go. Then the miracle would have never happened. Amen. We would never have the parting of the Red Sea. Come on, God could have kept Jesus from going to the cross, amen, but then there will be no resurrection without the cross. God allows problems in your life, so let God be God. Say that with me. Let God be God. Come on, stop tripping and trust God. Trust the process. Come on, don't get back into the funk. Don't let, don't let all that stuff come up, amen. Start trusting God. Church, I've learned so much more, matured more, gained heavenly perspective through trials that have come my way. You know, when we can look at problems and say, you know, well, there's, there's something here. And have a good perspective of that. And now you're starting to grow in God. Come on. Come on. When you can say, man, I've been going through this and this and that. But you know what? It must be God. God must be stopping me from going there, doing this, doing that, whatever it is, amen. I'm going to let God be God because God is in control. He's sovereign. I don't question him. Hey, if I got a flat tire, guess what? Maybe there was an accident in front. Come on, I'm not going to get mad. Oh, I got a flat tire. And there, there it is. There's the funk. He'll use that to remove the funk too. Hallelujah. Or you can just say, I'm going to let God be God. I'm just going to fix the tire. That's what I got to do, right? You fix the tire. You go on. You move on. Amen. But you got to understand reasons sometimes. If we can look at it at a, at a godly perspective, maybe God is stopping me from doing something or preventing something to hit my life. Church, he allows the good, the bad, and the ugly in your life. Don't look at them right now. You can look at the good up here. Never mind, never mind. <laughs> Come on. He uses all those things that we can trust him to work it out. Job 13, 15 says, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Oh, come on. We got, we got to be like Job. Come on. Will we say that? No, huh? Come on. But come on. Yo, though he slay me. I would trust him. Though I may go through these trials and all these storms, I'm going to trust God because God is in control. I'm going to let God be God in my situation, in my storm, in my battle because God is about to do something. This was Job, amen. And you know the story of Job. Come on. He, nobody would want to go through what Job went through. I wonder if many of us will even make it. But Job says, though he slay me. Yet I will trust him. Listen, God is in control of my plans. Come on. My plans have a limit. My, pro my problems have a purpose. So I'm just going to let God be God. So how should we respond to problems? We got to look at, at the, we got to look past the pain, church. And you got to try to find God's purpose behind it. So you got to look past the pain and look for purpose. Okay. Say past the pain. Look towards purpose. Purpose. <laughs> we got to look past the pain, church. Some things in life, come on, we're, we're never going to know why. Come on, we, why, do certain, why do people die at certain times? I, I don't know. We all die eventually, though. Come on, somebody. 
I don't know why things happen at certain times in our lives, but God has a plan or turns those bad choices that we make around him because God is in control. We have to look past the pain. The problem with us is that we're so focused on the pain instead of the, the pain solver. Come on, we're so focused on the attention that the pain is causing us and we stop trusting in God. We've got to look past the pain, church. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 16 to 17 says this, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For these light and monetary problems are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So let us fix our eyes not on what is seen. We are so good on looking on what we see, church. Come on. He says, don't focus on that, but focus on the unseen. That's where we have a problem. Come on. Focus on the unseen since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Come on, ladies. Looking in the mirror all the time. Come on. Woo, look at my hair. I'm beautiful. It's temporary. <laughs> It's not eternal. <laughs> I'm just picking on you ladies, amen. You guys are beautiful. <laughs> Come on. We're all going to get old. We're all the outward appearance is going to it's going to break up. Come on. It, it's it's happening, amen. Come on. You know what? I'm just going I'm just going to keep it to to I got to admit it says I'm I'm getting old. Hallelujah. I'm at that point already, amen. I'm getting old, hallelujah. I can't do the things I used to do, amen. And so we got to understand, but inward, man, I'm the best looking man in the world, hallelujah. Come on, you you got to understand that for yourself, amen. God is doing so much inside of me. I can be wasting away, but my spirit man, I'm good, amen. My spirit man is excited because I'm about to go home pretty soon maybe. I don't know, amen. But inside I know what's, what's ahead of me. You don't want me to go yet? Okay, I'll stay stay for a little bit. (laughs) The message Bible puts it like this. So we're not giving up. Who's giving up? Somebody say no. Come on. So we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside it often looks like things are falling apart on us, but on the inside where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the good times coming. The lavish celebration prepared for us. There's far more than meets the eye. The things that we see now here today are gone tomorrow, but the things that we can't see now will last forever, church. Come on, somebody. Give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Come on, tell your neighbor it's not over. Don't focus on what is seen. Focus on the unseen. Come on, what you're seeing right now, church, is temporary. But God says, I am eternal. Focus on those things that you cannot see right now. Focus that your marriage is healed. Focus that your body is healed. Focus that your kids are going to be all right. Come on, start to focus on the things. Don't look at your life and say, my life is far apart. No, look at the good things of God. These things right now that you see are temporary but the things unseen are eternal you know what i'm going to do i'm going to focus on the eternal things come on 
these things that we're going through, these storms that we're going through, though, though they're hard, church. And I'm not dismissing your pain or, or what you're going through, but they're small potatoes compared to what God has in store for you. Come on, let's keep our eye on the prize. Come on, let's keep our eye on Jesus. The, let's keep our eyes on him. Let's keep our faith in him, the perfecter of our faith. Amen. God is a good God. I can be wasting away, but God's preparing a man inside for earthly kingdom. He's preparing us, church. Keep your eyes on that. Don't focus on this. Don't focus on him or her or them or whatever. whatever. It gets all your focus, and God wants to do something in your life, and all you're looking is the bad, bad. This church sucks. That pastor sucks. I'm out of here. Come on, church. Thank you. I'll give you $5 after, okay? Yeah, and there's $10 already. Come on. Slow down. Slow down. Amen. Quote from somebody says this. Never make permanent decisions on temporary feelings. Never make permanent decisions on temporary feelings. God says the problem that you're going through right now, the things that, that you are seeing right now are temporary. But God, good things are there, church. They're unseen. Those things are eternal. Your reward, listen, your reward is past your temporary. It's on the other side. Why are we living in temporary when God has so much more over that? Don't live in the temporary. Don't live in your problem. Don't live in this situation. Go past the temporary and step into your promises. Step into your healing. Step into those things that God has for you. I'm not going to stay in my temporary. There's a lot of Christians today that are in their temporary. They, they don't move past that. They stay in this thing. They stay because they keep on keeping their eyes that it's never going to change. It's not, he's not going to change. She's not going to change. This is not going to change. And so what you're doing is you're staying in your temporary. And so you never get, listen, to your eternal. Come on, there's so much on the other side. You've got to pass that temporary stage and get into the eternal stage, church. You're going to have to pass through it, amen, and you're going to have to trust God in it. Come on, somebody. Tell your neighbor, get out of the temporary. Step into the eternal. Come on, step into it. Speak it. Be confident in it. This is temporary. Devil, the things that are going on in my life are temporary. But my God is eternal. So this, this motion, this feeling, this situation is not going to last my whole life. Or you can make it last your whole life. By remaining in your temporary, or understand this is temporary, and I'm going to go into my eternal. I'm going to step into blessing. I'm going to step into things that I see. I'm, I'm going to start saying, thank you, Jesus, that you already healed me. Thank you, Lord, that my marriage is perfect now. Thank you, all this. you got to start naming it, claiming it, and standing on it. Church, come on, somebody. Why are you going to stay in your temporary? I'm going to get you a shirt that says temporary. <laughs> and you can wear it and be proud of it. What's that? I'm in my temporary. 
Come on, church. Get into your eternal church. Don't stay. Don't stay in your temporary. Make sense? Come on. Does it make sense what you're going through right now? Come on. You're temporary, church. It's not meant to be forever. It's not. When I came back to the Lord, our season was temporary. We didn't see, we didn't see it happen. We didn't see a connection. We didn't see it heal. We didn't see, but we, we, we passed that temporary, and we, we stepped into the eternal of it. Come on. Now we're blessed. We got better looking. Everything just happened for us all. <laughs> we blessed, girl. We blessed. We're not blessed? Okay. Come on, help me out. <laughs> Get out of that temporary. No. <laughs> Come on. Get past the temporary. Some of us here today, we're still stuck in our temporary. And if you think about the temporary, then you, you go back to your temporary too. Come on, get past that. Step into something more powerful in front of you. You may not see it, but you can say it in faith. Amen. Come on, it's going to happen, church. Why? Because God's in control. Amen. I'm going to let God be God. Come on, somebody. Come on. Paul here says, don't look at your temporary problems. Don't focus on them. Keep your eyes on the eternal things. That's what those things really count. Those things are what really matter, church. Another quote from someone says this, God not only sees where, you're, where you are, he also sees where you can be. Come on. God not only sees where you are, he sees where you can be. Come on, we have to look. Listen, church, past the pain. Past the pain. Don't focus on the pain. Go past that pain. Step into the eternal. Come on, we're going to go through some stuff, church. How many have been through some stuff? Come on, I've been through some stuff. Hallelujah. Come on, I've been through all kinds of stuff. Come on, stuff when things are hitting your life, amen. When things are hitting your life, church, don't, don't be the person that raises your hand to God in anger. Come on, let's not get so mad, amen, because things are not going our way. Come on, we, we come and we get mad, amen. God moves and things are not going our way. And we, man, I, and I hate to see that in Christians, amen. They, they just ask, like, why, why, things are not going my way, You know, like, man, am I talking to my kids? What, what, is, what is this? Man? It, it's ugly to see a Christian that's not trusting in their God, and all they're doing is focusing on, on the problem. All they're doing is focusing on the eternal, and they lost sight of the eternal man. Come on, you got to understand, church. Don't focus on those temporary things. you got to focus on the unseen things, amen, the eternal things of God, amen. You're so focused, and you throw these fits because things are not going your way. You throw your fits and you stop coming to church. I'll teach God. Yeah, you're going to teach God. What do you mean you're going to teach God? The devil taught you. <laughs> Come on, church. Like we're going to punish God because we're not getting it part way. He does, he's not moved by that. <laughs> the more you stomp, he's not moved by that. You're not, trying to get, you're not going to get his attention by throwing a fit. He's not, he's not, oh, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm sorry. He's not going to do that. I can tell you, as me as a pastor, I'm not going to do that either. 
I'm going to say, you know what? You're focused on the temporary. Bye, girl. <laughs> I'll talk to you later once you get on the eternal side. Hallelujah. Come on. <laughs> I don't know why girls. I'm saying girls. Amen. I don't know. Amen. All right. If it, if it's, it belongs to you, just own it. Amen. That's all. Amen. I can't, I can't, I can't just... I can't just say, no, I'm not going to say her, you know, they're going to get mad at me. No, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> get, get past it. Come on, get past it. We're going through stuff. Things are not going to flow our way sometimes, church. And we, we don't come to church just for you can just take those things away either. We come to church because we want change in our life. And it's going to be a process of the change. And I'm going to trust the system. And I'm going to trust God. And I'm done with my life in the past. And so I, I'm going to choose this now because I'm so stuck in my temporary. I want to start to focus on the eternal things that God has for me. So you're going to have to work at it. It's not instantly. You don't come to church, amen, to say, okay, God's going to just fix my problems on one Sunday or two Sundays. And I'm good. Hallelujah. It's not going to happen. Come on, somebody. Things are still going to hit your life. Come on, I'm not going to let the things that, that, that hit my life stop me from knowing, fighting, and engaging in spiritual warfare. I'm a soldier. Come on, I'm not, I'm not a kid on, on, a, on a Disneyland retreat. Hallelujah. I'm going to battle. I'm going to fight. We're here as soldiers in the kingdom of God. Amen. So start, start slapping the devil, church. Come on, slap that devil. Don't say, don't say not today, devil. Say not never, devil. Amen. Not ever. That's what we need to sure. Not ever, devil. Not just today. You say that, he'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> not never, devil. Not today, not never. Slap that devil. You got any devil slappers here? Come on, slap that devil. Get mad at him when he comes in and huffing and puffing and doing all this stuff inside your house, amen, Pour, putting you into the eternal. Start slapping. I tell the uh, guys, amen, it's slapping Wednesday, amen. Slap that devil, hallelujah. Bring a friend. Slapping Wednesday at PCLV, amen. We're going to slap devils tonight. Slap. Feels good, amen, to just slap someone. Come on, slap the devil. Don't, don't, don't come at your spouse. Pastor said. No, no, it's not what I said. She's not the devil. He's not the devil. Slap the devil. The kids are not your devil either. Just to put it out there. Fight the right enemy, church. Let him know, no, no, no. Not today. Not never, devil. You're not going to come in. Get out of my house. You have authority, church. Stand in your authority. Why are you letting the devil take over your house? Because you don't say nothing to him. Get out. Get, get. Remember, remember Pastor, Pastor Joe Weininger? Get, get, get out of here, devil. Get, go on, get it, get. He was speaking to the authority. I was looking, man, where is he? <laughs> you see something I don't see? Get. Come on, I'm tired of your games. Get out of my house. I don't know who brought you in, but you need to get out in the name of Jesus. If you got to get some oil, get oil. Do something, amen. Don't just sit there and say, oh, this is how it is. Get out. Leave my kids alone. 
Leave my wife alone. Leave my husband. Get out, devil. Play some worship music. He'll get out. Start praying. He'll get out. Start doing the things that you need to do, and he'll get out, church. When you start doing that, now you're starting to focus on the eternal things. The temporary is starting to leave. Come on, don't stay in that. Tell your neighbor, don't stay there. Listen, your plans have a limit, and your problems have a purpose. Your plans have a limit. Your problems have a purpose. Lastly, let's look at my prayers. Somebody say, my prayers. We talked about my problems, now we're going to talk about prayers. Come on. Your prayers have impact, church, because God is in control. Prayer makes a difference, church. Prayer is not a waste of time. Prayers are powerful. Can somebody say amen? James 5.16 says, The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Your prayer produces wonderful results, church. It's not a waste of time. Come on, when you're praying to the Father, He's the source of our prayer, amen. When we get connected, amen, to the power source, amen, and we go to the Father in prayer, in faith, amen, it produces wonderful results. For the Christian life, the most powerful resource is communion with God through prayer. That's our communication line. That is our, our line to him. Our relationship line is through prayer. Amen. That's how we talk to God. It's a, a prayer. It's a connection, church. And the results are often greater than expected. When you start to connect to the Father in prayer, I mean, things start to happen that blow your mind. You're praying for this, and something goes way beyond what you're praying for. It's like, whoa, I prayed for this. He answered it, but plus I got this. It's like he blows your mind. He just takes it above and beyond. You're asking for a 20% raise. They give you 40%. Ooh, I want to work there. <laughs> Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Some people, listen, some people look at prayer as the last resort. When everything fails, oh, I guess I got to pray. This approach is backwards. Prayer should be the first thing we do, church. Prayer is our everyday communication with God. We should be in constant prayer all the time because we talk to God. Come on, somebody. So we should be praying always because it's part of our relationship with God. When things start to happen, we should pray right away. Don't call me. <laughs> call the other pastors. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I love having a pastoral staff. Oh, have you talked to Pastor Victor? Call him first. <laughs> he don't understand me. Well, Pastor Brandon's there too. <laughs> Come on, because the first thing I'll ask you, did you pray? And if you haven't prayed, we can't talk. We can. You got to pray. Come on, it's not a last resort. It should be your first resort. You're going through a problem. You're going through a season. Something just hit your home. You got a bad report, bad call, bad doctor report, whatever it is, amen. Start to pray. 
I'm not going to freak out on the temporary. I'm going to step into my eternal and I'm going to seek the master and he's going to resolve my current situation. He's going to bring hope. He's going to bring peace. I'm going to just trust in God. I'm going to pray. Why? Because God's in control. God has the ability to answer your prayers. Let God be God. Miracles, church, are answer prayers. God can change. He's in charge of everything, so, so he can change anything. He can change anything in your life. What looks impossible is possible with God. Come on, we read the word, we know the word, we quote the scripture, yet when things are hitting our life, where's the quoting? Where's the standing? Where's the believing? He can overrule nature and he can heal somebody if he wants to. Come on, somebody. Come on, through prayer, he can make it last longer, amen. He can make it rain. He can make it not rain. He can split the sea in half, amen, and he can dry up the Jordan River through prayer. He can do anything he wants to do. And a lot of that stuff happens through prayer, church. Faithful prayers of God's people move God's hand. Let God be God. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says this, With God's power working in us, God can do much, much more than we can ever ask or even imagine. God would blow your mind if you pray in faith. Come on. If you pray to faith to him, he can blow your mind, church. There is nothing too hard for God. We kind of go to God and say, oh, I don't know about this one, God. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it a whirl. <laughs> Well, let me just throw this at you and see what you do with it. No, God can do it. If you believe, he can do it. Come on. There's nothing too big for God. Why? Because he's in control. He's sovereign. Come on, let God be God. Over 20 times in the New Testament, the Bible says, ask. Ask, seek, knock. God is telling you today, I want you to ask, children. I want you to seek through prayer. I want you to knock on your knees. Amen. Matthew chapter 7, 7 through 8 says this. Keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. For anyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. If you seek answers, you won't find them. But if you seek God, the answers will find you. When you go to your knees, God will help you stand up to anything. Come on. Let's not fall into the old. Let's not fall into the temporary. Let's fall to our knees and seek the master. In times of need, church. And he'll raise you up and say that everything's going to be okay. He'll raise you up, daughter. He'll raise you up, son, and say everything's going to be okay. You've got to humble yourself and say, God, I need you. We've got to put our pride aside and think that you can do it. You can't do it. 
You can't do it. You got to go to God. Sometimes I think, oh, I, I, I got to be strong for it. No, no. Who, who told you that you need to be strong? You get to your knees. He's your strength. He's my strength. I draw from him. Come on, where did David find his strength? In the Lord. Come on. Saul was hounding him, searching, wanting to kill him, man. He, 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 he drew to the Lord. That was his strength. The good news is that things may get out of control, but things will never get out of God's control. Come on, let God be God. Why? Because God is in control. Some of you may say, well, my kids are out of control. But they're not out of God's control. <laughs> my God got all my kids and my grandkids and my future grandkid. Hallelujah. Got all the kids. Annual kids. Every kid. They're not out of his sight. They're not out of control. Let me tell you, out of God's control. What you need to pray, do is pray about it. Pray about your situation. Don't be moved by emotions. Don't be moved by the temporary feelings, church, because there is power, listen, in prayer. Why? Because God is in control. Let God be God. Some of you here may say, you know, why, why doesn't God answer all my prayers? You ever, got one, you ever told God that? Why aren't you moving here? Why aren't you answering this? Nobody? Come on, why, why, what's, what's going on here, God? What, what's, what's going on? Why aren't you answering my prayers? Or, or people might come and say, why don't, God, uh, why don't God give me everything I'm asking for? Come on, why doesn't God answer the prayer of winning megabucks? For some, if you have too much, guess what? You'll feel like you don't need him anymore. See, God doesn't answer every prayer because he knows what's best for you. He knows what's best for me. Why? Because he's God. <laughs> Let God be God, church. Come on, plus James chapter 4 verse 3 says this, and even when you ask, you don't, you don't get what you... You don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You only want what only gives you pleasure. Come on. You guys ask because it's only for your benefit. James here mentions that the most common problem in prayer is not asking, it's asking for the wrong things or asking for the wrong reasons. We should submit ourselves to God and ask him to help us get rid of our selfish desires. And trust him to give us what we, say I, what we really need. Come on, we come with a list of what you want, how you want your man, how you want your woman, how you want all this stuff. Come on, God's not going to move on that. Come on, start praying for the one that you have. Hallelujah. Come on, start praying for what you're going, what you have right now, church. Do you realize what a mess our world will be if God answered every single prayer? Can you imagine? Remember the movie Bruce Almighty? Remember when Bruce became God for a limited days, right? And then he started getting all these voices in his head, these voices of prayer, and they were driving him nuts. 
Check, check out this clip. Amen. Turn off the lights. He answers all their prayers and puts yes, but everyone wins the lotto. And everybody gets less than a dollar. There's chaos in the streets. Amen. Things happen. Imagine what God do if he answered all your prayers. Even prayers that you said in temporary feelings. Come on. Most of us would be probably gone. <laughs> Come on. See, if God answered every prayer, then our prayer would become a weapon. Listen, if God answered every prayer, it would ruin us. Why? Because we don't know how to handle that kind of power. We at times don't even know what to pray for. And that's why the Holy Spirit has to step in for us at times. Come on, we pray in anger. We pray in our temporary feelings. We pray hurt on people. We pray things on people. Come on, don't look at me all strange. Don't tell me you haven't prayed for someone's eye to be poked. <laughs> Hallelujah. It will ruin us if he answered every single prayer. God doesn't answer every prayer because some of you, come on, they, some of them, because some of them are, are, are competing prayers. Meaning they, we pray in conflict, amen. We pray not with the right understanding. Come on, it's like a story of this pastor. This pastor's walking through the woods, amen, and a big bear comes right behind him. So he starts to run, amen, and as he's running, he trips, and he falls, and he goes down this hill, amen, and he lands at the bottom of the hill, and he breaks his leg, and so he's frozen. And this bear comes over the hill and sees him and starts charging right towards him. And this bear is just coming out and ready to tear him apart, jumps on him. And the pastor starts to pray, my God, I need your help. Please, God, make this bear a Christian. <laughs> and the bear stops. And he looks up and he puts his paws together. He says, thank you, Lord, for this food I'm about to eat. <laughs> How many know that's a conflicting prayer? See, we don't know what to pray for at times. Because we don't have total knowledge, amen. We, we often pray by mistake. We pray, uh, we don't pray for the right thing, church. Uh, we, uh, we pray with a limited view. Listen, church, the bottom line why God doesn't answer all your prayers is, is that he knows what's best for you. He is God, amen, and he is good, amen, and he'll give you exactly what you need. You have to let God be God. A quote from someone says this, sometimes God doesn't give you what you, th what you want, not because you don't deserve it, but because you deserve much more. You may be going through a situation. You may say, I, I don't understand how this can be the best for me. I mean, I don't know, amen, either. I, I, I'm not God, and neither are you. We got to be like Job and say, you know what? The Lord gives, and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. May your will be done. Don't cry, but say, God, I'm going to let you be God. 
I'm going to let you be who you are in my life. I may not understand right now, but someday I will. Maybe someday I won't. But God is in control. So I'm going to let God be God. Say that with me. Let God be God. First John chapter 5, 14 and 15 as I close. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Did you, did you understand that? If it's according to his will, then he does what? He hears us. If it's not part of his will, he's not going to hear you. Anything according to his will, he hears us. We, can, we have this confidence that we can go to God according to his will. Amen. He will hear us, and, he, and, and we will know. And, and if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we will have if we ask of him. You got to go to the Lord, church. See, your plans, my plans have a limit, but your problems have a purpose and your prayers have an impact. Let's apply this in our lives, church, and get rooted in God. Get rooted in his sovereignty. Let me ask you a couple of questions right now, and I want you to be honest within your mind. Don't say it out loud, but in your mind, come on, in your plans, in any plan, is God included? In your problems, do you look for God's purpose or do you just have a pity party? Do you take advantage of the privilege of prayer? Maybe some of you are thinking your situation is a mess, that you feel that you, your life is falling apart, you feel hopeless. Well, I'm here to let you know today that God is bigger than your mess. And he can handle it. Why? Because God is in control. Listen, you can scramble an egg, but I'm here to let you know that you can make a, uh, you can, you, you, never mind, I messed that one up. I messed that one up, forget it. I'm going to throw it out, amen, hallelujah. God knows how to turn the bad into a good church. How to bring a purpose, listen, out of your problem. Don't waste your problems. Give them to God. Just give them to God. Let God be God in your situation. You're not God. And when we try to be God, we make a mess. Come on, we start doing our own things. We start moving in our feelings. We start moving in our, in our emotions, the temporary situation. You know, that's it, I'm gone. Did you pray about it? No, that's how I feel. What I want to do. I'm gone. We can't do that, church. You can't do that in life. You can't do that on a job. You can't do these things. Come on, you can't just be, say, I'm out of here. I don't like this job. Bye. You got no plan. There's, there's, there's no, you can't do things like that, church. We got things that we need to do. We got to do things right. Life does not work that way. And it does not work in the kingdom of God that way. We're going to have to trust God. And we're going to have to let God be God in our situation. Let God be God in our homes. But start throwing the devil out first. Some of you need to go home and say, get out, devil. Go on. 
Get. Get out. You can't live here. You can't bring your chaos here. You can't bring anything here. Get out. Get. Teach your kids to do that. Get out. I want to hear little voices. Get out, devil. Get out. That's what you should hear in your homes. Get out. They got to know the power of God that they have authority to get the devil out. Come on. Come on. Teach them to lay hands on each other. Get out, devil. <laughs> you got to teach them the power that we have, church. But you have to take authority. Say that with me. I'm going to take authority in my house. And I'm going to tell the devil, get out. See? It's fun, huh? Get out. Come on. Just say it. Come on, your wife could be in another room. I'm here. Get out. Who's that, my husband? <laughs> Taking the devil out. Okay. Can't, the devil can't come. Nonsense.